The Anglo-Sansibar War was a military conflict fought between the United Kingdom and the Sansibar Sultanate on 27th of August 1896. The conflict lasted between 38 and 45 minutes, marking it as the shortest recorded war in history. During that time though, the Sultan's forces sustained roughly 500 casualties and the royal yacht was sunk, while only one British soldier was injured. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I think I'm present today. I'm half here, half asleep. I'm fully there and this time with working audio. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so how, how's your couple of days been or week or however we count time now? Uh, that is actually a good question. <laughs> um, it, it's been great. Um, it's been a long business travel. I've been away for eight days straight. Wow. So, yeah, um, yeah but I mean, it's, it wasn't all work. Like when you listen we, to that, <laughs> <laughs> like most people already know, yeah, they, they, the episode released today. So, but is this one of those moments where you come home and you need to check that things are still in the same place in the apartment? Yeah, not really. It was more like earlier. I remembered that I forgot to charge all my microphones and shit. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, there's another podcast recording tonight. It's only been like two or three days. I have to hurry and get everything set up again. Mm. That means I have to unpack shit <laughs> because I still have like a half of my back is still down there. Not even well, like all the dirty laundry still has to be buried and stuff. So, yeah. When did uh, you came? When did you come back? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday in the afternoon. Um, it was actually the drive went really well. It was less than seven hours. So I started, or oh, about seven hours. I started at seven o'clock in the morning and arrived at uh, shortly after two o'clock in the afternoon. But of course, like I only took two short breaks. So driving for 700 kilometers was probably not the best idea, not doing that many so, breaks. So wait a minute. I, 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 I believe that in Germany or uh, on some parts of the highway, you can drive without any speed limit. Oh, yeah. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. But yes. for 700 kilometers, it took you seven hours. So the average speed was about 100 kilometers uh, an hour? I took two breaks. I got long, gas. Long, okay. Um, I filled up on AdBlue because I need that for my diesel and like the, the liquid for the wipers. And I took another break for restroom and get to get something to eat. Okay. So it just uh, it just feels very long for me, that because oh don't try Norway. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 Norway is average, different story. The average travel speed in Norway, I think, is like sixty kilometers an hour. Yeah, no, and and, and shortly like to go by that is you have to drive out of the city because I was I was close to Hamburg before I started driving down. So you got your normal roads till you're like on the autobahn. Then you got your traffic jam, you got your seven o'clock in the morning, you got your working hour traffic, then you have your normal driving. And also I took it as a rule because I realized now was already a couple of years ago before Corona that I would be absolutely beat in the evening if I would drive with like 200 kilometers an hour or like 180. What it does is, is it takes so much energy out of you because you have to drive so constant, like 
focused yeah, and because yeah, focused, yeah. concentrate the whole time while you're driving. Yeah. And I realized and you can't be just two thirds focused. No, no, no. no. Well, <laughs> you, you kind of, you kind of can because you the, the packages and the, the, the no, you can't. No, you car. can't. Don't but say you can. Not, no, you you're, can't. You're not. You're not supposed to. When yeah. Elon Musk takes over the world, you can, but until then. Yeah, until then. Eh? Yeah, and, and so I turned. I, I figured out that for me, my the speed I can drive and still be relaxed and enjoy the drive is about a, between 160 and 100 kilometers an hour. Like if there's absolutely no traffic, 180 is fine. Yeah. If there is um, some traffic, 160, and that's when I just put on the assistance with like keeping the, the, the distance and everything and I just drive the right to middle lane and just go with the mindset however long it takes it will take and that is the most comfortable one to drive. So actually the traffic wasn't bad. I made really good kilometers yesterday. Like I said I just didn't speed like crazy to go there. But I was doing 160 most of the way. Minus two traffic jams where you're like for three or four kilometers you're just going, you're just rolling forward, stopping, stopping all traffic, basically. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you lose the, the time. But other than that, it was fine. It, like, it was not a bad ride going back home. I was just not used to it anymore. Doing. But, but I got to say, that, that's like a completely different world from driving in Norway. I mean, yeah. uh, like, like I said, the average speed you can go cross country in Norway is 60 kilometers an hour. Because half of our like Euroways, they go through the middle of small towns and they're just like dual, not even dual carriage, right? Like there's always one in each direction. Wow. Yeah. That, so the E6 yeah. that goes from the southern tip of Sweden through the whole of Norway up to the northernmost point of Norway. And it's, I think the total road of that is, uh, oh, I don't even recall, 2000 something, 2500 kilometers. That's long. Mm-hmm. It goes through like a lot of small towns and... It's the only sections of it that are like dual and triple carriageways and all that. Wow. That's so you're basically, yeah. your maximum speed allowed is 60 kilometers an hour? No, 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 no. That's the average you get because going through small cities oh, yeah, and towns, yeah. you end up going 40 and 50. And that's the same thing. It's like going down from um, Hamburg, like it was, it's not free speed all the way down. I took the A7 and it's a one giant construction zone. So you do it's like, oh, no speed limit, fantastic, for like three kilometers. And then there's like <laughs> 120, 180, 60. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 60 for another four kilometers. Then it's like speed limit is gone. You're like, yes, you're accelerating. Four kilometers later, it's 120, <laughs> 180, 60. Sounds like France. Four kilometers again. And it's just like you're going like this the whole time, just going back yeah. forward, breaking gas, breaking gas. And at one point you're just like, so the average you say is about a hundred. You set the thing to a hundred and you just drive behind a car and if he slows down, you will slow down. <laughs> if he accelerates, you will accelerate. And you're just going like, oh, I'm going to get seasick while driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we have mountains and I mean, the problem with the Second World War is that it didn't last long enough. Because if it had lasted another six months, the Germans would have finished a dual carriageway from Oslo to Trondheim. We still don't have that today. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what everybody says. That's, a, that's the yeah. quote-unquote worst part about the Second World War. Patience. Uh, <laughs> Patience. Russia, so, Russia is coming. So I'm just... 
then in that case... No, I don't want Russians roads, come on. <laughs> no, 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 you don't want <laughs> no, that. No, you don't. No, you don't. So I'm just going to do a quick recap then from um, the week, since um, maybe some people won't listen to the last episode because the audio is pretty bad. Um, I was up in Hamburg for a business trip, like going up, visiting customers on the way up, and I had the opportunity to visit Kiel um, at his newly acquired uh, farm slash maker castle and um, helped him over the weekend to do a, a little bit of renovation. It was mainly just hanging out and bullshitting, but we had like, tons of fun. It was really good being there and seeing him again, and that, it, it was a ton of fun. And that's why we had the episode on Sunday, but uh, because we wanted to do it on one mic, which was kind of a mistake, and we didn't have different audio devices or um, headphones, uh, that's where there was a little bit of a fuck up when it comes to the audio. We try to correct for it, but yeah, it's it's not the best of quality. Yeah, it, it, we we started out with a bad source, uh, and like so many different things went wrong with it. Like the 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 the, the YouTube audio was bad on my and Red's part, and then the raw files we had was bad on uh, Jan and Kiel's part. Yeah. So it's like nothing worked. <laughs> yeah. We will improve this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like you guys said, we were not in a dive bell 3,000 <laughs> meters <laughs> below the sea. Yeah, we were just at Kiel's microphone. No, it was, it was fantastic. It was great fun. And then I drove back and just arrived yesterday evening. So there's not really much that happened other than what I already told you guys at um, Kiel's place. So. Which segues beautifully into my week, which has been the exact same as last week. Uh, Scraping the walls. Are you, are you sanding still? I'm still sanding. I'm still putting smoothing coating on the walls. I ran out today of coating, so I had to take a, a quick trip to the store, and the quick trip turned out to be a four-hour drive because of traffic and and all of that. Uh, I'm, st I'm starting to feel like our listeners will start to divide our podcast into <laughs> that time, those months where Red was fixing his car and those months he was fixing the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully one day I will be done with all of that and we can, can get back to proper work and, and making videos um, yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm planning on it. I, I, I'm also planning on... I'm, I'm finishing... Uh, not sure you can see, but uh, on my right there is my desk and I'm finishing... Uh, Client work, uh, right hey, now. now. Client work. I'm I'm making. Oh, client work. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm making um, Leatherman sheets for a client. Um, all leather, and it's a custom order. I have to make five of them. It, the, so they are ready for final assembly. Uh, like a belt holder kind of thing. Yeah, exactly that mm -hmm. one. Cool. Um, the it, it's a client that saw my videos that I made for uh, Leatherman uh, multi tools on on YouTube a few months ago, and he was he contacted me and asked if I could make a, a few um, sheets. Uh, for his uh, Letterman tools, and I was like, "Yeah, of course." And so we discussed discussed the um, the project, and 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 we agreed. So I'm finishing that, and I will have to shoot two other videos. Also, for one uh, is a laser engraver that we received this week, a new one, a third one, a third one. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will have to try this one uh, just to see if it's better than the one I actually have. 
And also I need to do, I have a project in mind for a long time to use my uh, new 3D printer in a project and I, I'm really looking forward to it. But as I'm spending a lot of time in the apartment doing the renovation, when I come back home at night, it's uh, at least in the evening, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shattered and, and yeah, I have to take a break before I get back to work. So I can't wait to be done with the coating of the walls and the sanding of the walls because after that, it's just paint and changing the flooring. Uh, and it's it's less physical work. It's it's I'm, I'm more used to it. it it's it, I, I don't know if it sounds easier to do, but I have more experience in painting walls and putting floorings on than putting a smoothing coating on the walls. So yeah, now I'm doing the the art part, and after that it will be way quicker, I think. That is good to hear. Not that you're getting so confused at one point that you're going to do an oil change in your apartment and sanding the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my car would need a good sanding and a, a, a coat of paint, but no, it did not. See, not there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one day maybe. Crossover episode. Call it that. <laughs> No, so my week has been has been like last week, uh, just working in the apartment and going to the store uh, for supplies and working and trying to sleep and yeah, that that kind of stuff. So nothing new in my hand. What about you, Raz? I I I had uh, just I mean it's all work. A uh, couple of client meetings, set, sketching things, getting them approved. So I have a couple of things coming up. Uh, that I hope I won't cock up utterly, but we'll see how that goes. Um, nothing too complicated. Copying some old forged chairs and making a table for it to go with it. Nice. What kind or, of table? Just pure steel or mix no, of steel? No, so and, I'm, I'm and only wood? making like the table legs. Okay. Uh, and I'm making them to match the old chairs that they have. Okay. So it's some design work, uh, slightly outside of my comfort zone, but I think it'll go all right. Nice. So yeah, nothing too massive, nothing too complicated, but uh, just just something I haven't used before. Do you, do you see that as a challenge, or some just something different that you are not used of doing? Uh, or uh, just different. Just I, different. I, I feel confident that I can get the job done well mm -hmm. because the the way the originals were done is not too complicated. Yeah. So I just need to, and it's all. Like it's, it's nothing. It's hidden in the original chairs. So I just like flipping them over. I see all the weld seams and all that. So it's like, oh, just glue them together there, and then it's done. Sort of. Okay. Cool. But also yesterday, I, I had a couple of friends stop by at a new workshop, and then they took me out to dinner. Mm. So I nice. had, and and then of course they ended up they they being full way before me. And we had Indian, so I finished all of their food as well. <laughs> of course, of course five, you did. <laughs> also five minutes before the, the restaurant was closing, so it's like uh, they were sort of happy to see us leave finally. <laughs> did, did, did you at least let them order what they wanted, or did you make suggestions about, hey, have you tried that one? <laughs> Actually, they did order their own food. Uh, it was more like, oh, you finished. You have like a half bowl of rice left and a lot of the sauce and all that. So it's like, can, can I just? take all of this and there's none and yeah yeah the, the best kind of dinner is out especially when they actually ended up taking me out for it that was lovely nice. uh but but on on monday it's it's it's, it's it's again this whole dancing thing but this time around we we ended up doing all of the weird and awkward things that is really difficult to learn so to speak 
to, to try to explain simply, you have a lot of movements in West Coast Swing that we were dancing now uh, that is supposed to look really slow, smooth, and fancy. But then you're dancing to some music or you try to maybe hit some things that happens in the music that is not slow and smooth. So like one simple example is like you have a percussion going that is sort of fancy and you want to hit and emphasize that percussive beat going through the music. So you need to take the slow and smooth movements that you've learned and then make them look like they fit to percussions. And it it never feels right. It's always one of those things where it just end up being super awkward and super weird. And of course, the, the, the instructors tell us that that's the point. This is, you're not doing this to make it feel good. You're doing this to break to the barrier and feel awkward so they can come out the other side. And hopefully after a practicing a while, it will actually look really smooth. Yeah. Must be that, was seg- that, that was a segue. Yeah, it was a good one. Thank you. Was I, was, I was so holding back the whole time. I'm just like, I'm just going to not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to take shit again. <laughs> so yeah. it's a segue uh, to what? To the ugly face yeah. of, uh, of, of having that, uh, both going into something knowing that this will look like shit until you're nearly done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also no, being comfortable with knowing that, no, no, it's supposed to be shit now. Yeah. It will be better afterwards if I just do all the steps in between correctly. Yeah. And I was sort of just wanting to toss it out there and see, like, what's your experience with that? How, how often do you feel like this is not what I want to be doing? This is not how it's supposed to be looking in a project? And then maybe save it, maybe power through, maybe give up? All I, the I time. Uh, all the projects that I, I've, I've done so far, uh, on camera or off camera, I had this moment of, damn, it looks ugly right now. And I was like, kind of getting mad of, or disappointing, disappointed at myself because it was not supposed to look that way. And I, I, and I had to constantly remind myself that I am not at the final step of the project. I, I still have work to do and I still need to uh, work on it in order to make it look like I want, uh, I, I, how I want to it to look like. If that makes sense, I'm tired. Um, for example, the well, walls. It almost made sense. Okay, that's good. Uh, the the walls actually in the house are coated and all of that. I I still need to to sand them, and now it's just plain uh, gray uh, coating on the walls, and it's it's not smooth, and it's just plain. It's just ugly, but I don't like it right now. But I'm no. I know that uh, there is many more steps to to come. Uh, to get the final product, the final result, and and the look that we want to achieve for for the apartment, so I'm okay with that. Um, giving up? No, that that's that's not how I I see stuff. I since I've started making videos and and working with my hands again after a very long break, I only uh, gave up on one project. I think. Uh, Okay, and I, I, it's still in the back of my head. It's still, uh, it's still something that I, I want to get back to. Uh, but I know that in order to get back to that project, I need to learn more. So I need to practice more. I need to know the material better in order to make it work the next time I, I try to, to, to 
um, work on that project. Can, um, can I ask what, what the project is? The project was a forging uh, project. It was trying to make a sword from a lamp or, or a knife. It was a long, uh, not not a, a sword because it was a little bit shorter than a sword. But it was a long knife from a lawnmower uh, blade that I got ah, for okay. free. Um, and the problem is, I was I was doing that pretty all right, but the blade was already kind of thin, and and in order to straighten it, uh, I had to ah. work it in a certain way. And I just messed up. So that day I was probably tired or I, I, I didn't start the project with a confident state of mind. Like I, I was not really sure what I was doing, uh, like most of the time, well, some people would say. But in that case, it was it was pretty pretty correct, pretty accurate. And, and it was going nowhere. So I had to stop the project and I just kind of gave up on that one. Um, knowing At first it was like, I will get back to it. And then with time, I was like, no, I don't know enough about what I'm trying to accomplish uh, for this one. Uh, I will need more practice and more research and more learning and experience in order to do it. Are you using that as an excuse then? Because I mean, how how are you going to learn more? Basically, what you need is like 20 lawnmower blades to start going at it. Yeah, the problem is that I only only add one. (laughs) So that I've been given. Um, so I, yeah, you're, you're right, but I have, I have other pieces of steel that I can use, um, as a mock-up of the lawnmower yeah. blade. I, I was going to say like, uh, depending on the thickness of the lawnmower blade it, and like how much you want to draw it out, it, it might not actually be practical to use that. Yeah. Because in the effort of trying to forge it down and make it longer, you might have more of an issue of just warping it and folding it over itself. Absolutely. That's what happens. Instead of actually getting the length of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, if you had five lawnmower blades, you might forge three of them and realize that this might not actually work and then yeah. move over to something else. But if you're stubborn enough, you might try to just repeat and repeat. Them. Oh, I'm super stubborn, but I'm also not completely stupid. So when something is not working, I, 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 I can't pause myself and, and think for a moment. What's not working? Is that me? Is that the product? Is that the project? Is that the material? And just take time to just do it correctly the next time. This one I had to pause for a long time, but you, yeah. You see that, Rasmus? If we go on a little bit longer, it's going to take about like a month or so and his dad is going to try to, lo- to mow the lawn and wonder why he's not cutting it <laughs> and it's just the blade missing. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> that. I, I, I totally thought about that, taking the, the blade from the lawnmower and to, just to have more material to work with. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stupid and I'm stubborn, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, uh, I try to just analyze why something is failing or why something is getting ugly when I'm working on it and try to understand if, is it a normal step for a project or is it me doing something bad or badly that give me that kind of result at the moment? I think every project has that, though. Like every project has its ugly face. Yeah, I think so. I right? Have, I have. There's two points on every single project I have where I get that ugly face. Once is while I'm doing the project. I am like right at the moment, at that point at my project where I'm looking at it and I'm just like, that looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not the final product, and ninety percent of it is gonna be hidden by it, and it's completely gonna work the way it's supposed to. But just at the moment, this is always the first time while doing the project, and then it, I, 
I'm not giving up on the project, but I always step away from it for at least a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be doing that because I already know it for myself that I have to go over that point. But that's like I'm at the point of the project at the moment where I'm losing interest in again because I know what's going to come now is not fun, but I still have to do it and I have to pull through it even now it looks like shit at the moment. And then the second one I always have during edit. There's always the rough cut and that stuff and then I because I always have a I have in my head how I want it to look, mm-hmm. but then I forgot to shoot a certain part and the camera angle is not just not right and a little bit off. Like there's always something and that's yeah. the harder part. There's so many projects I scrapped, like successful projects that I scrapped during the editing process that will never see the light of YouTube that I just completely erased. Like not even put them aside, I just completely deleted them. That's too bad. It's like, yep, that's not going to be a video. No, because there was stuff missing, which is maybe some of it would is stupid that I did it, but most of it is just not, I wouldn't say up to my standard, but it's just not useful in my eyes. And I do it for fun. Like yes. I don't have to. And since I'm not telling anyone the exact project that I'm filming and that I erased, nobody's going to miss it. I think actually in when I feel it a lot more when it comes to editing than I do when I yeah, forging I mean, in work. The editing one hits harder, definitely, than the project. Yeah, because, as you say, it's I have maybe more of an unrealistic expectation of what it's supposed to look like. And then I reach that halfway point, or maybe just the first 20% in, and I'm like, this is there's no way I can make it look like I wanted it to. No. And then that it takes me a little bit to go like, oh, but maybe if I do this, and then maybe I, if I do this, it will become something useful but it, it it never turns out like exactly like i want to especially the editing yeah yeah but ras you you don't agree with i i agree i agree with jan when he said that he has he has this ugly phase in every project but you don't so when you are forging you don't go through that phase well the, i guess the difference is that a lot of the forging i do i have done before yeah that's so, something different though i'm, I'm talking about the yeah. one off if i do something new if I'm doing like the 20th bottle stopper, I out of resin when I pour resin, I already know that it's at that stage and I push through yeah. it without any problem because I already know the part that is coming. And I'm talking about the first, like if I try something new, if mm-hmm. I'm doing yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I just don't experience it on a regular basis because I know like this step is supposed to look ugly, but then I do one more step and I, it looks like it's halfway done and it looks proper. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to like forging the cookery that I did, mm-hmm. uh, I, which I guess I didn't actually upload any pictures of yet. I, I only like spent a day at the power, or an hour at the power hammer just playing around, and I was like, okay, I have a friend of mine wants a cookery. Let me see if I can make something cookery shaped out of this bit of steel. Having no real idea what I'm doing, just having a picture on my phone and going, yeah, I think I can make that. <laughs> and then sort of reverse engineered the process of making it. And at, at that point I was like, oh, this doesn't look at, at all like a kukri. But then I look at the picture again, I was like, oh, right, I forgot this bit, the curve there, like how the point goes and all that. I was like, oh, if I just flip that a bit over, oh, that now it looks at least 90% like a kukri. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, when it comes to one-offs and first things, of course, because I I don't have, or I have very unrealistic expectations uh, compared to what the process actually is. Mm-hmm. As soon as I know what the process is, it's a lot easier to get through. And for the listeners that don't know what a tutory is, um, he is actually 
talking about a bird statue. No. <laughs> <laughs> then explain. <laughs> uh, Kukri, is, I, didn't I explain that two weeks ago or something? You might have. Yeah, you did. But you, you weren't paying attention? Yeah, he was not listening. <laughs> uh, Kukri is the, knife, <laughs> the famous knife of the Gurkha warriors. Uh, Nepalese special forces, Indian special forces kind of thing. Yeah, I thought there's just the off chance that there are people that didn't listen to the other podcasts. So, oh, I thought you were just taking the piss, but either one, either way, either one is fine. <laughs> see, see, that's funny because that's the the ugly phase is something that I go through with every project. Either it's a one-off or either it's a, a, something that I do on a regular basis, like leatherworking. I always get through this. Damn, that that doesn't look good. Even though I know that with the next step it will look exactly what I how I want it to look, I have still this doubt that it doesn't work, that I, I, I don't don't do it properly. For example, the sheath that I am doing right now, uh, once the leather is dyed in black or brown and you it's dry and you apply the oil and it's dry. It looks like shit. It it doesn't look good. So you have to put some kind of sealant or varnish on top of it to make it a little bit shinier and, and nice. And just before that that applying that product, I really don't like the, the way it looks. So I know that with the next step it will be look better. And I know that I I I know how to do it in order to make it look better. This doubt, this this self-doubt of me not being able to apply this product in, uh, properly to make it look good is now getting shorter and shorter with time, but it's still there. I think it's something that helps me just um, doing good work, quote unquote, good work. Yeah. So like it keeps you critical to yourself. Yeah, I see. I think so because if if it completely disappear, I'm like, yeah, it looks like shit, but I'm okay with it. And, and and as Jan was saying, it's not up to your own standard anymore, because it's it it what however it would look like you're good with it, and 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 I'm not. I just want to produce good stuff and 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 do good work. Uh, otherwise, you end up with bad wall coating and fucking bad wiring in an apartment, and the next guy has to redo everything. So. <laughs> Are you salty, Red? <laughs> Not really, because I I kind of enjoy what I'm doing every day right now. It's 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 a it's 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 hard work. It's physical work, and it, it's taking me a lot of time, and I'm 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 not used to it. But there is a, a, a such a great pride that I'm finding in doing that work for my wife and my kid and myself. Just like this apartment will be ours because. I would have invested so much time and money in it. Just today, I went to hardware store and spent one thousand euros in material, flooring, coating. Oh shit! Yeah, it's it's so it's a lot of money for us. Aside from from the just cost of the apartment, uh, but I'm 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 putting all the hours in the apartment just to make it ours. So I'm I'm super happy to do that because the vision uh, the of the apartment or the final thing. Uh, is uh, has been found found or designed or imagined by my wife, but I totally agree with it, and I subscribe to the idea of what we are trying to achieve. 
So and she's she's working on his own. So 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 she's at work and I'm working in the apartment. Um, so we are both putting all the hours and the work into it, but just in a different way. Um, but yeah, he makes money. You spend money. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> a way to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect but, marriage, right there. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But, uh, just another question: What you said because you said ugly face, and you would run into that. Does it put you on a stop? Like, is it the same for you that is for me that I usually walk away from the project for about one or two days before? I mean, you can't do that obviously with mm -hmm. the apartment and the renovation at the moment. But if you have another project where you're uh, just for example um, at that point, do, do you immediately power through it, or are you the same when you just go like, yeah, I can't deal with that right now, and just walk away for a couple of days? I I try not to walk away for for more than ten or fifteen minutes or one hour just to take a break, uh, empty my head, uh, okay. have a drink or or something, because if I I know I have I have enough experience right now to know that if I step away from the project for too long I will probably not get back to it until my wife kicks my ass or I kick my own ass or someone asks me about a project uh, or, uh, or the deadline is nearly there. Um, so I try to net, not let too much time pass, go, go by before I get back to it. Because I know that making, making it look the way you want it to look like, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time you invest in it. And it has to be on your own time. You don't want to be pushed into it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's just it's just work. I mean, it it sounds like stupid sentences that you can find in a fortune cookie or whatever. But it's it's just it's just time that you the time you put into a project would will make it look better and better, unless you go beyond beyond that limit that step that the project is done it's finished it's perfect for everyone's standards and then you fuck it up because you 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 try to make it even better there is a saying in france i i, I don't know if you have the same in, in your country but um uh, the best is the enemy of better or something close to that a perfect is the enemy of good yeah maybe i don't know how it nah, must be a french thing <laughs> says the german guy <laughs> no not, of course if you are if if you are um this, the the goal that you are trying to reach is your standard is your best is what you are aiming for once you have reached that point keep working on it it just it, it, you are taking the risk to just ruin everything you know you want to know what we even have a word for that in germany or Yeah. Really? For Schlimmbessern. Uh, it's called you? making it worse by trying to make it better. Oh, that's nice. I, oh, love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I also heard a saying, uh, or I heard another way of saying this earlier this week on uh, the Jordan Harbinger podcast. He had a guest on. I don't recall who at the moment. But he had the sentence of only when we stop being perfect, we allow ourselves to be good. So... Yeah, because like nothing is actually perfect, but we have a very good idea in our mind of what perfection is mm. because we can visualize things completely ignoring all of the faults of something, yeah. including people. Yeah. So 
but when we stop looking for the actual perfect thing and just acknowledging just simple good parts about it, mm. then it can also be good by its own self. I think it's it's something to do also with expectation. What what you expect from the project or for people or for events. If you are already starting the project with expectation, of course you have a goal in mind. You have you have a standard and and you have the idea of what you want want to do to make and to try to accomplish. Uh, but you, I try to give myself the. Uh, liberty or the space, the room to get surprised by the project itself. I mean, I don't remember who said that, but when it, it was probably in a, in a podcast or a documentary, I don't remember. Um, but um, in, in a few words, it was something like the project talks to you, the material will, will dictate where he wants to go. And, and there is a, a, a good part of truth in that uh leather is leather it i mean it's if if you know it a little bit and and how to work it it's it, there is no surprise in it uh, but you can find a scar in 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 a hide that can help you with the project if you are trying to make something look a little bit older so you can take advantage of all these, these yeah. little aspect uh, um, default in in the in the skin of the animal to improve your project and Still, you know, you know that well. Whereas uh, sometimes it moves not in the right direction, but you can it can help you with the project. I mean, you, no, it always moves in the direction I want. No, about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. It's only it's it's only me because I'm I'm not blacksmith. But sometimes it 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 it, it reacts in a way. Okay, let's say woods because. In, in the, yeah, so you, because you, wood has <laughs> funny grain and it goes in every which every yeah, direction and goes fuck all. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a best better example. Um, it it can help you a knot. Let's say a knot in a plank can 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 be very nice in some project. Not yeah, or it can all of them, and it can also ruin your day. So uh, if you are taking, if you are keeping your mind open to that ugly face, to that default defect in the material or in your timeline schedule or people helping you as we were talking about the other day um it can it can make your project better and not only the project but your the experience of you working on a project i think but i might be wrong i don't know yeah no i think you're right uh good that was a fucking long break. Just to say that yeah. you're doubting me. Well, I was, I was actually thinking about it because yeah, so was I. At least part <laughs> okay. of the, partly thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's like uh, actually, actually, the the wood analogy I think is really good because uh, you can you can see a tree in your garden and you think, oh, I want to make something out of that, and then you cut it down and you. You, you split it up and you quarter it and you, you make timber out of it and then you look like, oh, no, the, the grain is... It's not working with me. I can't make what I wanted here. Either because the, the wood, the tree itself was so twisted that you can't make like long, even straight boards out of it. Or maybe you forgot all of the old branches that were there and now it's just nuts in the wood so it's not strong enough to be the thing you want it to be. So you need to adapt. Yeah. You, can't, you don't do that with steel, though, because steel is magical. It just works. If yeah no you're right still still should listen to you and and to your hammer so it it it, it doesn't 
really do what yeah. he wants. I think it's funny management. because that's coming from the guy that was cursing hell because he can, yeah, couldn't get a forge well done. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, but it's it's not the steel's yeah. fault. It, no, no, it's not. It's not the. I, that, I think that was the borax fault. Actually, we talked about that. It's hydro. Scopic or hydrophobic? Hydroscopic, that's the one. It absorbs moisture and then it goes wonky. Mm. Yeah. That that's still my excuse and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> can be can, can it be the weather as well when when a forge welding is not it's not working properly? Because Rory told me that where he was uh working with with, with his dad at Dragon Forge. Yeah. Um okay. the, the altitude he were he was working on was so high that it couldn't do proper... Um... Yes, but not the weather. That's the lack of oxygen in the atmosphere. Okay, we, but yeah, but with the difference of pressure, when it, when, it, when it's sunny and when it, it's rainy, the pressure is, is different. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, okay, so that, uh, that, in that sense, yes. I guess if he is trying to forge build in a high pressure zone, like during a storm or in front of a storm, yeah. then yeah, the air is more dense. That's why it's called a high pressure zone. Okay, I'm just trying Whereas to... Whereas if it's sunny, then it's less pressured air, so there's actually less oxygen available for the fire, for the propane to burn to get fire wait, hot wait, enough. Wait, wait, wait. You guys are trying to tell me that there's, the weather has a bigger influence on yeah. blacksmithing than it has on woodworking. No, not bigger, probably but not it... more. But in this specific <laughs> case, because, because Roy May and uh, the Dragonforge and Colorado being so high up, uh, it actually affects it. It, it would be like... Uh, we, we, Norway isn't that high. We are very steep, but we're not that tall, so to speak. And that's also the reason why he was doing only the forge welding in a coal forge, because in a gas forge, he couldn't achieve the temperature he wanted because of the... the, the, yeah. the, the because it's easy to get 2,000 yeah. degrees centigrade in coal. It's easy to get 2,000 degrees, whereas propane naturally burns at 1,100, and forge welding temperature is 1,050 or something. So you see, it's not, it's not only you, Raz. It can be the borax, <laughs> the time, the forge, the altitude. Can I'm trying to find you excuses there. It, it doesn't make me feel better for some reason. <laughs> it might be because I've completely forgotten about my failures and now you're bringing it up again. That was not me, that was Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Always blame the Germans, these French people. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> do, do we need more World War II references in the episode? No, that's okay. No, that's okay. No, We're going to no, stop yeah, right there fine. because, so, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. War. <laughs> no, that's great. So, but, but like, are, are we done with the topic? Because I, I thought I had something more to say, but then I realized I did say it all, almost. I yeah, know, I was... I, I, I'm still sort of baffled by how awkward dancing can be, even after doing it for five years. I think it's five years. I haven't actually... I mean, Corona times are weird, but uh, it's sort of like, oh, no, no. So the reason I think it feels so weird in dancing, this whole ugly face thing, is that you have learned all of the rules of how to move and do things, but that ignores completely what's happening in the music outside of where the beat is and just the ups and downs of how that's going. And then you sort of start supposed to listen to, oh, what they're singing about. Can you do something with that? What's the difficult in different instrument? Is someone doing something fancy there? And then you need to stop doing the normal dancing and do something really weird. But it is really awesome if it matches the music. Yeah. You, you, well, when you mentioned that in the introduction of the episode, it made me think of two things. Um, like you, when you are learning right now, 
some steps that doesn't match the music because it's not supposed to match it, but when it will, it will in the end. But, yeah, it, it but now it, it feels so well. when we're practicing because they're putting on a song. Yeah. And uh, they basically say the song is there to help you keep time mm-hmm. and rhythm. And then you just need to practice this. And so this is a song that's heavy in percussive, for example. Yeah. So we take the normal swingy moves and we make them look percussive. But it feels really awkward and it sort of fits the music, but it's not a big emphasis. Yeah. It, sorry, sorry, Anne. It, it made me, me think of me uh, when I started uh, martial arts. Um, the first thing that I had to learn was the steps. How to yeah, how move, to how yeah. to walk, how to walk fast, how to... Um, it's not dug, uh, it's not duck, it's not dodge, it's, uh, it's step aside. <laughs> step aside. <laughs> that was the, was the word I was searching for. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, how to just move yourself. And I had to learn that for a few months, uh, a few weeks. It was precisely a few weeks. And that and only that, because I started, it was Kendo at the time. The, the first that I picked up as an adult was Kendo. And I, I started when it was pretty late in the year. You're supposed to start in was September. Was in Japan? No, no, it was in France before okay. before I went to Japan. Um, so the, the normal year started in September and ends in June. And I picked that up in probably April, uh, mid-April oh. or something. So they were all busy doing the stuff that they've already practiced and learned since the beginning of the year. And I was the, the, the newbie that knew nothing. So I had to learn how to walk, how to... How to yeah, just move in the dojo in, in order to do that properly. So I spent at least one month on my own doing the steps for two hours, twice a week, alone, in the that's dark. Dedi- that's with, dedication. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it was dedication. I was super high, really, really motivated. But uh, it, it felt very awkward. It, it, felt, it felt so wrong for all that period of time. But in the, I was like, damn, I want, I want to hold the sword and I want to fight with the other. And, and what's the point of me just being, I felt like a kid, but with no goal uh, in front of me. So you, that, that part of the movie where it's like, it, it, it's pointless. Then my teacher gave me a sword and, and, and told wait, me. Wait, sorry, sorry. Did you also have that moment where you meet a skeleton in the bathroom and dunk it in water? No, I didn't. Okay, sorry. That, that would have been really <laughs> I bad. Way better story than this. Sorry. I completely missed that reference. That, that happened at Karate Kid Got... at the Halloween party. Ah, uh, yeah. When True. he's yeah. dressed up as a as a shower. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and exactly. the bad guy is dressed up as as a and skeleton. And all the goons are skeletons, and yeah, yeah. That's that's the reference. I have to rewatch the movie. Yes, you do. And Cobra Kai, the TV series. Yeah, Cobra Kai is good. Cobra Kai. Okay. Um, where was I? So yeah, th- at that point, at one point, my, my teacher gave me a sword and, and told me, yeah, join us. And at that exact moment, I understood why I had to go through all this weird period of time of me being alone and practicing on my own with absolutely no purpose other than just repeating all the what I've learned on the first week. Because it made sense. I was I was quick. I was... 
uh, able to um, just step aside when someone was was attacking me, and I was I was quicker than the other guy that learned the step, but together for a short amount of time. And even though I started in April, in June, when they had all the tests and the exam, I I was able to pass the NICU, which is the second grade, uh, just below 1Q, which is just below black belt, first dan. Oh, wow. And usually you start from you being a newbie and you get your 6Q and then the fifth and then the fourth and then the third. And I just uh, jumped over this f- 6, 5, 4, and 3. Because I, I, I'm not sure it's... Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I'm not sure it's it's only because I was super highly motivated and dedicated to to the, the martial arts, um, Kendo. I, I strongly believe that this training, this catechist thing of me being awkward and walking alone in, in, in one corner of the dojo for, for a few weeks, um, I, rem- I remember it as an ugly phase because it was nothing that the training that I had imagined when I, I decided to, to join the, 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 the dojo, the club and starting Kendo. But it helped me so much to just improve. And the next year I got my black belt. So it was it was like, yeah, it's worth it. This ugly phase is always necessary in a project, either to motivate you to do better, either to remind you that you don't know everything. So you still have to learn stuff and work more and to put more hours into it. Or just to, by paying, uh, I mean, giving results in the end, because it was a necessary step for you to go through in order to just get it done. So I, I think, uh, Jan, when you said it's you got that in, in every project, mm-hmm. I see that as something good, something that we shouldn't um, fear or we, we shouldn't uh, want to get rid of. Yeah. Because for me, it's beneficial. But that brings me, that brings me to the point. We talked about it, that we all have that step, like some of us more, some of us less, Rasmus you said, because you're repeating a lot of work, you don't have it that much. Uh, the question I have is, how, how do you guys get through it? Is it really just pure stubbornness for you, right, to just yeah. fight through it? Or um, is it the, I want to learn something, like the progress itself that is still appealing to you, or that you want to see the result come through to... Oh, no, I'm just fucking stupid and stubborn. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just... I would, I would bang my head against a wall if it, if I, I know that I, I can go through that wall by just banging my head against it. I, I will... I'm, I'm not stupid as... that and stupid because I would that? check if there is a door first. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the one of the best episodes for me in Doctor Who, and I believe we've all seen Doctor Who and, and, and hopefully the people listening to us have seen Doctor Who. Um, there is one episode of, uh, when the Doctor, is the 12th Doctor, is prisoner in a tower that's moving with a monster getting uh, coming after him. Yeah. And in order to escape, there is this giant wall made out of something uh, harder than diamond. Yeah. And he has to punch it 
and he can only punch it once or twice before the monster gets it and it resets everything. So he has to go years of adventure before discovering this wall and he's telling a story about a bird, uh, about a guy asking how long is eternity and he's yeah. telling this story of a bird that comes into the mountain made of pure diamond once every hundred years. And when he comes to the mountain, he just uh, uh, sharpens his beak on top of the mountain. And he's saying that the when the mountain is completely gone by the work of this bird, it will be the first second of eternity uh, that will have passed. And he ends up... Uh, Telling this story, saying that oh, it's it's a hell of a uh, of a story, a hell of a mountain or whatever, and he's saying no, it's it's a hell of a bird, because yeah. he's persistent enough to just worn out this this mountain made of pure diamond. I remember that exact episode. You remember that? Oh that, yeah. That that talked to me so much, not because that's that's the bird that I want to be, but that's that's something that I always felt that I had in me, just this stubbornness. And I'm not showing off, I'm not bragging. I'm just that stupid to just go through all the steps of something that is doesn't make sense. But I, I find this hilarious remembering how you hate birds in the <laughs> yeah, I yeah but that one bird. I like. I like. I like that bird. I like that one. <laughs> what's, what's the name of the bird? Can you tell me that? No, because the my point exactly. He's talking it's, about it's, a bird. He's not it's, naming it's, the bird in the episode. It's it's a bird with a really sharp peak after that um, mountain. Yeah, it's a hell of a bird. That's the name of the bird. A hell of a bird. <laughs> so yeah, I can I not can be that. Bird. <laughs> not no, okay. Uh, I can be that stupid, that stubborn if I know that there will be a result in the end. That's that's really what I want to do. I mean, I I, I went through a PhD, again, not to brag, brag or to show off, but that uh, for me, it was the necessary step to do whatever I wanted to do in life. And what I wanted to do is to go to Japan and teach. And, and I got there. I, I, it, it paid off at some point. So this mentality of not giving up uh, is something that helped me so much in in my life. Uh, along the way, whatever I needed or wanted to do, um, for me, giving up is not not an option. And and I believe I got that from my my grandfather. He was a coal miner, and he had no choice. He could have given up. He could have just said, "Yeah, fuck you. I'm not working in the mine anymore." But uh, in that case, no family, no money, no house, nothing. So he endured that kind of, of hard work all his life in order to support his family. So it's something completely different. It was a different time, different uh, way of life and everything. But he just told me that if you are dedicated enough, if you are um, stubborn enough and stupid enough, you can you can accomplish what you want. I'm not saying that you can be the richest guy on the planet because it doesn't make sense to me. But motivation yeah I, it doesn't make sense to be the richest guy no but it's like you're doing it because right. of you're doing it like you're doing the project because you're doing it like what is your thrive behind it finishing it having it i mean it, it depends on the project sometimes i just want the final product and and okay. and most of yeah. the time it's not for me it can be for for a client it mm -hmm. can be for my kid it can be just because for the sake of it, for the sake of doing something that I, I've never done or no one has never done 
yeah. uh, that doesn't exist just to, con to to make an idea become reality it 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 can depends on the project okay. but it's, it's something that people don't always understand uh, I, I probably told you guys when i i, I finished the Nat native american address uh, a few years back my mother told me oh you could have bought that in a shop for 20 bucks and i was like yeah that's not the point mm -hmm. i i wanted to make one i wanted to understand how it was made and i wanted to be able to repeat the process if one day i needed to see this this is what i see as a benefit of doing it and i really thought in the beginning like you just said it's like sometimes i do something because i want the process and everything but it's just a benefit in the end because for me it is I'm in the workshop and I'm doing my projects because I want to see the finished product. Like I said, I'm doing so much mental work over the day that is exhausting and I don't see any results and I'm fighting for projects for months at a time sometimes so that I want to leave the workshop and have something done. And after that, I decide if it's worth keeping or throwing away, but I found out for myself that it's actually completing that part that is driving me and going through that. Having, I have to step away for a couple of days because I'm not, usually I'm not having like a timely pressure that I have to complete it. So just to get some distance between me and the project, but I always go back to it and I just finish the project for the sake of finishing it and yeah. having something complete. And like I said, when it, with the edit, if I'm going to the point where I'm just missing points, if I, I don't know, if I make a chair and I saw off one of the legs by accident and I don't have any of the material it's trash I have to throw it away like I can't or I'm gonna redo it like I could replicate and I did that for videos before where I'm my heart is in the project and I really want to upload the video and I'm missing a part I went back and made the second one just to film one part of the project yeah. and mix it in or just use the video of the other project completely to do to finish it may, may, I, may I say something there mm -hmm. Whenever I'm forging something, I I tend to set up the camera in one location and I forge one item. Then I move mm. the camera and I forge it again. Then I move the camera and I forge it again. Wow, that's education for you from you guys. No, 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 no. That's 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 me just knowing the routine of it. I know that oh, I, I do a lot of steps at the anvil. So okay, let me get all of the shots of this this angle. Then all of the shots of this angle. Mm. And I mean, in my case, it's like, oh, well, it's product. I'm, I'm going to sell it anyway. Yeah. I need more of them. Yeah, yeah. no. In, the, in in your case, it, it's it's more convenient that way instead of just pausing the project and moving the camera and, and, and getting back to it. Uh, in, in Jan's case, I mean, just reshooting that part, one part of the video because you need it. I've done that a couple of times uh, because um, it, was, it was for a knife. I was quenching it. And and for some reason the camera didn't work, so I had to remake one just to shoot the quench again. So it it, it yeah it I I know the feeling and and that's dedication and that's great. I really like what you you said, Jan, because um, even if you step away from the project for a couple of days or more, getting back to it and finishing it for the sake of finishing it is for me very important because not giving up, as I said, is is is. Um, not only proof of your of your who you are, of your tenacity, but also uh, you never know. Uh, the project can also uh, appeal to someone and and please someone. You can uh, can give it to someone and it will change his day or his year or, or whatever. 
um i i like the fact that you don't give up and because and that would be my last point i believe you learn from the project you learn from every step of you doing it and you also learn from you uh, finishing the project and the pleasure that you that you take out of the project itself the process the the shooting the video the editing of the video the publishing of the video um and but not only the, i mean it's all but every everything is important in a project because you even if you don't like the final product going through all the different and difficult steps will bring you something and you know what the best thing about uh, about uh, about the whole situation is if i'm done with the project and i completed it I don't do another one for about half a year and then I have to relearn every single freaking step again. <laughs> if, 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 if I may go slightly back to what Red said, yeah. uh, I, I would argue that you never fail at a project unless you don't complete it. Because right. like, yeah, if the project sort of in itself is a failure, then you learn something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you manage to salvage it even better, then you have something good to show for True. it. And yeah. you learn a lot more. Yeah. But if you just give up on it, then I wouldn't go as far as say that you failed, but no, but it's gonna nag. You failed yourself. It, it, yeah, it, you failed yourself. Yeah. And it yeah. has to nag on you. Like it, I, I don't yeah. know. It's it's like it, it just bites. Yeah. Like yeah, little pieces out of me mind. every single time I walk because you don't throw it away either. It's like it's in that corner. It's a started project and uh, never got finished. Don't oh. remind me. I need to clean the garage. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's good to to keep your failed project. It's it's a good reminder of you finishing it anyway, of yeah. you learning a process, of you knowing what not to do next time in order to to succeed. So why not? Why not keeping them? I mean, I, yeah, I have understand. a different mindset to that. I always give my stuff away. There's very seldom something that, like now the project I'm doing, I'm doing for myself because mm -hmm. I have use for it. But usually the stuff that comes to my mind that I want to do is just, I make a point of not keeping the stuff and giving it away because yeah. I do not want, I want to make another one. I want to get better at it. I don't want to stop at that point. So for me, giving it away is for a sign for me not getting too attached to it and making another one if I desire one. Oh yeah, that that part is hard as well. I, I I have maybe one small confession I can make. Yeah. So all of the knife blades I have made, that especially the forge welded ones that have failed catastrophically, uh -huh. like really bad delaminations or it's peeled itself like a banana or something, I've kept all of them because I want to make a miniature iron throne. Oh, <laughs> that is awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. The, rust, no the rusty throne. Yeah, yeah, something like it. I mean, Game of Thrones use swords, I can use knives. I mean, it will be smaller, but same same difference. Yep. Maybe. Cool, cool. cool. That sounds great, actually. And that's something to focus on? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Except Steve needs to stop sniggering because he will know what I try to do there. Um. <laughs> nice. So what, what, what's been catching your focus this last two days, three days? I, I lost time. Somewhere. Do I start? 
Yes, please do. The new season of Drive to Survive is on Netflix. It's season four. Um, it's about F1 and and F1 driver. Oh, right. and yeah, 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 yeah. All the thing I've already talked about that uh, in the previous Maybe. episode. Uh, season four is out. It was a crazy season. I was not into F1 at all before I discovered that show. Uh, I discovered it uh, a few months ago. I've watched season one, two, three in a row. Then I watched the end of uh, last season of F1, like every Sunday Grand Prix, because I I knew a little bit more about the driver, about the drama, about the story. It was not just about the race. Last season, last race was absolutely crazy. And um, yeah, so Drive to Survive, very good show on Netflix. I think uh, even if you don't like F1, it's very well made. Uh, so I highly recommend it. That's my focus of the week. Really good. And I've been actually watching one today, uh, which I am, which was a really good inspiration idea for another project too. Um, you guys know that I do some miniature painting and I follow a couple of really talented uh, painters on YouTube for that. And one of them is Squidward, Squid, uh, the, the, the words, <laughs> I'm wording today, uh, Squidmore Miniatures. And um, he actually did a diorama and uh, out of an old 50s TV and the, the glorious and gringy thing about it is the sponsor is Raid Shadow Legends for that video and he took them <laughs> he took the characters of Raid Shadow Legend gave them to a buddy of his which modeled them in 3D he 3D printed them painted them and made them part of the diorama from like a scene out of the game inside but not just that you have that empty TV and you look into that shell. No, he poured that thing up with resin. And with the layers of resin, he added like the health bars on top of him, draw, drew him on the resin layer and then put another layer on there. So you get that 3D effect of it. Nice. Wow. And that is just a genius idea. And I need to cover that because I never thought of pouring in layers and just hiding stuff in different layers to get a 3D effect, like for once. Like he even painted special effects around the sword because he's like doing that epic fight and then just in one of the layers and then he pours another layer and then he, does, he paints another one for the effect of it. So if you look at a certain angle, it must have been like five or six liters of resin that is in that TV at least. And the other thing that is absolutely ingenious and so fun to watch that guy is a miniature painter he doesn't have that much experience with pouring resin so what is resin notorious known for cooking overheating bubbles well that one yeah he had, a, he had a crack in that but also <laughs> just freaking leaking out yeah leaking. so like the first pour is already gone out then he checked with water every single time like they, they tighten it a little bit with uv resin then he put in water and it leaked out again. And then they were starting like a counter how many times? And I think it's like 69 or 70. They were just like, oh my God, it's not leaking anymore. And then they started pouring the resin in layers. <laughs> but it's just hilarious because you see that guy at the beginning and he just like uses normal tape to tape off the bottom. And you're like, yeah, no, that's, not gonna, that's never going to work. And oh, yep, it happens. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, oh, you fool, you fool. <laughs> you're trying again. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, really I can follow that up. I, uh, just a 3D diorama mm -hmm. effect kind of thing. Nerdforge did 
two videos on it, I think, yeah. last year. Okay. Uh, that is worth checking out. If you just search yeah, absolutely, because the diorama, you'll find them. Okay. I, I can also stitch the links yeah. in here somewhere, I guess. Yeah, because he also worked with like um, forms, like different ones. Like, just watch the video. There's a lot of stuff on this lighting in there. There's LED strips, stuff like that to light up the resin and give different effects and really, really well made. So yeah, this is something I'm getting more and more interested in. That's something I really want to try. Make a small diorama with resin yeah. and stuff. It, it's yeah, and it's I, so and beautiful. I, and I have a complete project in my head and I have to do 20 other ones first because ah, I have to get another <laughs> one for Nice. So I, I have a, one of those... It's, I think it started out as a fun fact, but it ended up being a 30-minute video. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, jerry cans, the true secret weapon of World War II. Okay. And I, I mean, it's 30 minutes long, but the first like five minutes give you the gist of it. Uh, but it's, it's basically, I think it was like the Weimarkt canister it started out as. Mm -hmm. And then the, German, then the British and the Americans went on special raids in Africa to steal the jerry cans because their own way of storing and transporting fuel during the war was so horrible that the, the Allied forces specifically went out of their way to steal the Germans' fuel transportation logistic systems so that they could win the rest of the war. <laughs> and, and he goes through just like the engineering of the canister and how, uh, of the can and how, it made, how all of the small different features on it Canister really or gas canister? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no. So the, the brilliant part of it is, is like, well, everyone has seen them, mm -hmm. but there's like the three handles on top makes it e really easy to hand them from one person to another. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. if they're empty, you can carry two in each hand. Mm -hmm. uh, they're being rectangular, it's easy to stack them. The, yeah. the lid is like self-contained, waterproof, well-sealed, and it doesn't flop around, so it's never in the way when you're pouring. It's a German ingenuity. Yeah, really, honestly. And it's got a plastic coating on the inside, so it keeps water safe and it it doesn't corrode the steel if it's fuel in there. I mean, right. and like one of the brilliant things is like even the seam, the weld, it's two halves that are die pressed, I think, and then they're put together and welded, but the weld seam is recessed from the surface, so the weld seam is never banged up and broken on the originals. Wow. I guess I've told half the video in. Probably, seconds. but <laughs> made, made me want to watch it. So yeah, yeah. that's good. We'll watch so, that. Yes, and also I looked, looked at a few of his other videos from the same channel. I'll link there. Uh, Is that Kalum? Yes, and okay. he's a Scottish guy. Yeah, and he has a fantastic accent that will put you to sleep if you're not paying attention. Don't ask how I know. And uh, he has a lot of other interesting videos, including like the the, the lost secret bunkers in Gibraltar also from the Second World War. Okay, cool. And lots of other fun videos that I'm really looking forward to getting into, but I haven't had the time yet, so. Nice. There's that. Nice. Cool. Where can people find us? Oh, shit, we're there already. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to find us collectively, you can look up two-thirds focused if you spell it out. And there's also the Patreon thing. If you don't hate us, or even if you like us, I mean, we're not picky. 
uh, and you can find me at Rasmus Lowen and Lowensmeer.no if you are looking for blacksmithing classes or forged thingy-badoos. And you can find me at RedSmith or the RedSmith on the social and at theredsmith.com on the interwebs. And you can find me at nerdinventor.com or all the other social medias under Nerd Inventor. And also, what I wanted to add, you can find us collectively the way it looks like at Maker Central. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I booked my flights. I'm, I'll be there. I didn't, Fantastic. but I need to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, at least and, you got the hotel, so... And, yeah. and this time, I think I'm bringing something like, or I'm not bringing, but there will be at least <laughs> 10 other Norwegians there. So That's that, a lot. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. No, but, but that's um, cool. we, we're going to be there. And I think it's worth mentioning from now on because it's getting closer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a month, month and a half. That close? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah I'm, no, looking, it's I'm six so weeks looking forward yeah. to it. Oh, I should start making my Jenga blog for the Jenga challenge. <laughs> no, no, it's six weeks. It's wild, so wild. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so much time, so much to go. I've been actually been pondering if I should make one out of steel. But yeah, you got a power hammer now. Yeah, no, no. I mean hollow, but I'll have there be an even distribution of weight inside of it. Just to really mess with the people. You are so mean to, <laughs> to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.